Nothing lasts forever. Take a first date, for example. Remember your first date? Do you remember that moment when you're kind of sitting close to each other, but like not on each other yet? It's a fun moment. Remember the first time you held hands? You're so freaked out. You, you, maybe it took you days to psych yourself up to reach for their hand. Maybe the first date led to a second date, maybe a third. Maybe a relationship began to develop. You got engaged, married. Like Joan and Anita started to build a family, build a life. Nothing lasts forever. Eventually she finds herself alone. Or he does. You go out and buy something new and beautiful. It's shiny. Fabulous. It's a status symbol. Maybe for you it's the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Maybe you always wanted to own one of these. And this is not vanity. This is evidence of God's faithfulness as you worked hard and made something of your life. Something new and beautiful becomes one more scrap for the heap. Birth leads to death. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't win. But you can. You can play for keeps. I flexed in my intro. This is going to be a good day. 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11, out of the English Standard Version. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, (laughs) as one who speaks, oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, (laughs) to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I mean, that'll preach right there. You know, we could have just let Jenny preach, you know. God never looked in your mirror and was disappointed with what he saw. First way to play for keeps, this seven-point sermon is point number one. First way to play for keeps. Recognize how it is and live accordingly. Verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. The end is near. It's a Christian cliche, isn't it? We've all seen the idiot in the end zone at the football game. The end is near. Painted on his belly for you. Yes, sir, it is. The end is near. 
become a caricature. It's too bad because it's true. The end of all things is at hand. Imminence was the driver of the growth and expansion of the early church. What is imminence? The sense of Christ's imminent return. He is coming quickly. The end is near. It's imminence. Jesus' return is imminence. When you study the uh, life of the early church, most scholars, in fact, I never studied one who wasn't in agreement on this, say that the early church mothers and fathers those who founded our movement were convinced that Jesus was returning in their lifetime. When you think about it in that context, it helps you understand why they were so crazy. You look at the stories of the apostles, of the members of the early church, and the things that they did, the lengths to which they went, to see the story of Jesus proclaimed to as many people as possible, to see the love of Christ embodied in as practical a way as possible. You can see clearly that they believed the end was near. The difficulty for us 2,000 years later is like, what happened to that timeline? Did we miss it? And it's funny, as you study the New Testament, many of the writings deal with this insecurity. Even the church of the New Testament was concerned that somehow they'd missed Christ's return. Because like, it's been seven years. It's been 40 years. It got really tense when the first generation, when Jesus' peers began dying of old age. People were like, maybe we got this wrong. So a few words on how we reconcile that timeline. One comes out of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 8. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. So the Bible is clear that from God's perspective, time is elastic, it's fluid, it's different than the way in which we experience it as creatures of space and time. One day to us is a thousand years to God. A thousand years is one day. Put simply, God inhabits the eternal now. He lives in the eternal present. Think of it in terms of physics. God lives at the speed of light. What happens at the speed of light to time? Go home and study it. Time elasticizes. Time ellipses. The eternal present becomes reality. One day with God is a thousand years. And then Jesus himself in Matthew 24, 36 says this, but concerning that day or hour, speaking of the end of all things, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So Jesus himself says, nobody knows, even I don't know. Interesting, right? Now he says this in his incarnation, during the time of his self-limiting. I don't know when the end is coming. But Peter clearly believed it was coming soon. The end of all things is at hand. For us today, here's the point. Everything begins 
moves towards culmination and ends. We as Christians need to let the current circle of life, if you will, drive us towards urgency. Because everything begins, moves to its culmination, and then ends, we ought to live with urgency. We ought to live like it matters. We ought to live like time is limited. What could you do this week to live with urgency? You see, just because you can't win, just because you can't escape that circle of beginning, moving towards culmination and ending, does not mean you should not play for keeps. You can't win, but you can play for keeps. Look at the second half of verse 7. Therefore, in light of the fact that the end is near, therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded. Why? For the sake of your prayers. Because the end is near, we live like sane people. That's what sober-mindedness is in the original language. Sanity. Because the end is near, we live like sane people. Why? So that, in fact, in the Greek it says, so that watch unto prayer. It's kind of confusing. We live as sane people in the light of the fact that the end is near so that we can talk to God and God can talk to us. See that in the text? For the sake of your prayers. You ever feel like God has shut you out? You ever feel like you're praying to a glass ceiling? It's possible you need a little more sobriety in your life. You need a little more sanity in your life. The second way to play for keeps is to live like the one sane person in a crazy world. Ask yourself this question. What would sanity look like for you this week? Guaranteed you'll find yourself in a moment this week where you want to act crazy. Those are just me. Tish feels me. Tish and I are like, we could be related. She's an intense, brilliant, wonderful person. Intense, brilliant, wonderful people sometimes act a fool because we get a little too intense and we do something crazy. So when you find yourself in that moment this week, choose sanity. Because, man, is our world crazy. Now, look, I know every time a preacher mentions politics, everybody gets all upset about it. I'm not going to mention this to push my agenda or to refute yours. I'm doing this because it's fresh in our mind and because, honestly, this is what came to mind as I worked my way through the text. We live in a crazy world where Donald Trump tells Justin Trudeau that part of the reason for these tariffs is because we burnt the White House down (laughs) in 1812. It's like, well, it was 1814, it was the British, not us. It's a crazy fool in the renovated White House. Lord have mercy. Then we got Doug Ford disenfranchising his brother's widow. She's suing him. But yay, Ontario's open for business. Awesome. A local NDP candidate wants to go to war so that she can abolish Christmas. I was like, great. That's going to be really fun. So, you know, I was like, I'm just going to vote green. 
And then my sweet son did a deep dive into their platform. We're like, awesome. They want to open three more abortion clinics in Ontario. Not doing that. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do? What am I, what am I supposed to do? Thank God for the gospel. I will respond with love. Verse 8. Feel it. You feel it coming? Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. There's a bottom line in this text. And thank God for bottom lines. Bottom line, how to play for keeps. Point number three. Keep loving one another earnestly. Hear it in the Greek. Keep into selves love outstretchedly. So once again, the English gets it eh, kind of right. And the original is better. Keep into selves love outstretchedly. Right? Keep into selves love outstretchedly. That's gospel living. Continuous receiving and giving of love. Continuous, mind you. Continuous receiving and giving of love, like the tide. Notice the tide never stops. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes you feel very loving. Big waves rolling in. Rip tide rolling out. Sometimes you won't feel very loving. It's just a ripple. But it's still coming in. And it's still going out. Be like the tide in your love. Put that on a t-shirt, man. I didn't even write that. That just happened. That was awesome. That's how you play for keeps. Continuous receiving and giving of love. Continuously receptive and outstretched love. And it works because Jesus worked. Look at the second half of verse 8. Since love covers a multitude of sins. This is the best. This is the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. We think love covers a multitude of sins, so we need to be more loving. No, we need to do more theology. Okay, this is participation. I know you're not from Texas, but pretend with me for just a minute. God is? God is love. It's a little tougher. Jesus is? God. Jesus is love. God is love. Jesus is God. Jesus is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Jenny, this is where you throw the, 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 you throw the thing. <laughs> Y'all feel me? You gotta work yourself up to be more loving so that you can cover over a multitude of sins. You just, you just need the gospel. This is the, there you are, hi. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus keeps on cleansing us from all our sin. Your version may say the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. In the Greek, it's a present continuous. Somebody shout. The blood of Jesus keeps on cleansing us from all our sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. Because of Jesus, your sins are covered. Because Jesus Christ, who is God the Son, made flesh, went to a cross... And while hanging on that cross, God the Father laid on him, God the Son made flesh, the sins of the world and punished him in our place, in, punished him for our sins. C.S. Lewis puts it this way, our badness went to Jesus, Jesus' goodness came to us, and Jesus died the death you should die, and he paid the penalty you should pay because of your sinfulness. The same for me and for everyone who would call on his name throughout all time. He shed his blood in your place. He died in your place, but he didn't stay dead the third day because he's God the Son. He rose victorious, defeating in his body the power of Satan's sin, death, and hell forever. Hung out with his friends, ate food, and then right in front of their eyes ascended to the Father's right hand where he sat down in victory, where he is even now interceding for you. He's your cheering section. The place from whence he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and to inaugurate his kingdom which will have no end. A kingdom in which you have a place. A kingdom in which you are priests, kings, and queens to our God. Because he first loved you, you love him. Because you love him, you're learning to love others. Look, the more gospel you get in your heart, the less other people's sins will bother you because you will know that only Jesus is the answer. Not better behavior from them. Not better behavior from you. Only Jesus is the answer. Do you see how the gospel helps you, allows you, enables you to continuously receive and give love. Because of, only because of the gospel. Because of what Jesus did. Continuously receptive and outstretched love drives everything else. Look at verses 9 through 11. It's powerful. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, who, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order ha, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The fourth way to play for keeps is to let the inside drive the outside. 
Show hospitality without grumbling. Do the right thing and be happy about it. That's difficult. That's hard. This is why Christianity lapses into stupidity so often. Because we can't or won't do the inner work. So we codify a series, a system of outer works that we say, this is Christianity. This work, this work, this work, this work, this work, this work, this work. Sometimes when we really lose our mind, not this work, this work, this work, this work, this work, this work, and we annoy everybody because we're being idiots and not Christians. Gospel is much harder than a list of do's and don'ts. Show hospitality without grumbling. This speaks to alignment between an inner work of God's grace and the outer works that you do in response. Do the right thing and be happy about it. There's no room for legalism, hypocrisy, or duty-boundness in God's church. You can't just play ball. You need to be the ball. (laughs) That's my Turtle Crush reference. I don't know if you saw it last night. I was like, there is a Turtle Crush reference in today's sermon. Turtle Crush, my favorite character from any Disney movie ever. It's awesome, Jelly Man. <laughs> Little dudes are just eggs. You leave them on the beach to hatch. And coo-coo-coo-choo, they find their way back to the big old blue. Oh. <laughs> flap, flap, little man. Flap, flap. Christianity is not about playing ball, it's about being the ball. Which means doing your job. Verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I'm going to blow through this so I'm not late. I live in constant fear. As each has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each has received a gift. What is a gift? It is a grace effect. That's the best thing I've heard all week. A gift from God is a grace effect. Suggest you need grace first, and the effect follows. As each has received a grace effect, use it. Do what you've been made to do. To serve others, check yourself before you wreck yourself this week and make sure that you use at least some of your giftedness for the sake of others because if we're honest, we use most of our giftedness for ourselves most of the time, which is not gospel living. Keeping in mind that God's grace is multifaceted like a diamond. As good stewards of God's varied grace. You want to play for keeps? Point number five. Recognize your gift. Understand it's of grace. Do what it requires for the benefit of others. Keeping in mind that God's grace is multifaceted like a diamond. Hashtag God is a diamond. I should write that down. I'm just, I'm just making a suggestion. 
stickers outside, pens you can steal, hashtag God is a diamond. Put it somewhere this week, like on your water bottle, where you won't forget it. God is a diamond. He's multifaceted. And while you're at it, learning to play for keeps. Point number six, get some urgency and some power in your Christian walk. Let's read verse 11. Worship team, I'm almost done. Give me like two minutes and then come join me. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen! Whoever speaks, do it like an oracle. I consider this license to ill, just so you recognize. I read this, I'm like, I speak every week. I'm going to speak like a prophet. Anytime you get to speak on God's behalf, you speak like a prophet. Like the oracles of God. The prophets were some of God's favorite people. Powerful, weird, difficult, awesome people who died young because they ticked so many people off, but they were friends of God. Whoever speaks, speak like a prophet. Whoever serves, <laughs> like the strong right arm of God himself with the power that God supplies. You need to know that every time the Bible uses the word power, it means it. Dunamis is the most common iteration in the Greek of the New Testament from which we get in English dynamite. Live a dynamite life. As you serve Jesus, dynamite, get some power. You want to play for keeps? Achieve greatness. How can I achieve greatness this week? Think about it, then do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. Sue Bitten achieved greatness last night with the chocolate cake she made for me. That's greatness. You're like, it's just a chocolate cake. I know, but it was awesome. Right? When God's people put greatness into the things that they are able to do by His grace, even as insignificant as baking a cake, God gets His glory. Make a decision to be great. Why? Because you're so great? No, because God is. Yes, worship team, I'm done. Okay? Make a decision to be great because God is great, that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to Him. Belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen! I just can't say it normally. I'm sorry. I'm trying, but I can't. I can't. I start reading it, and I feel it growing inside of me, and I can't keep it in. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm be nice. I can't. I can't help it. You want to play for keeps? Recognize how life is and live accordingly with urgency and self-control with continuously receptive and outstretched love, letting the inner work of God's grace drive the outer works. Recognize your gift. Remember it's of grace. Do what it requires for the benefit of others, keeping in mind that hashtag God is a diamond. Doing what you do like the prophets of old or the strong right arm of God himself achieving greatness for God's glory. Point number seven, because eternity 
hangs in the balance, which of course means that some things last forever. <laughs> 